today we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation. When Riker's father shows up on the Enterprise, old wounds are opened, but new opportunities, ancient rituals, and weirdly snoopy friends make sure that this episode is not just a whole Oedipus thing. From April 22nd, 1989, it's season two, episode 14, The Icarus Factor, or... Around here, they call me Daddy, Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. I'm Cam. That's Dan. And uh, we spell Oedipus phonetically, apparently. (laughs) Oh, fuck you. I was rushed. I know. Oedipus. 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 You go Oedipus. I will. Tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And for dessert, we're having a milk pie. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Speaking of warming ourselves around the garbage fire, um, what did you think of this episode, Daniel? Uh, if, if you told me what happens in it, I, I'll tell you what I think about it. How's that? But we have to do a beginning shtick a little bit. We have oh, to talk about me, it just a tiny bit. Sh- you want us to rub our sticks together and make a fire? I, d- I do. A garbage <laughs> <Desperately>. fire? <gasps> That's how you get a garbage fire. You rub two sticks together. <laughs> Quick addendum. Oh. Quick addendum. I got out of a movie recently, Knives Out. Enjoyed it very much. It was a preview thing. Um, it was much funnier than I thought it would be. There was a fair amount of shtick. And I commented on the escalator to our good mutual friend Jason Palazzini about how much I enjoyed the shtick. And I was like, there was just the right amount of shtick. Just just a little shtick. And two people ahead of me, this older Jewish man turns around and looks at me and goes, there was a lot of shtick. And then just turns back around. <laughs> he had to correct me about the level of shtick. And I was like, not going to argue. <laughs> but then I thought, sir, sir, I have a podcast you should listen to. So you know what my ceiling is for shtick. <laughs> I, I think we just have different barometers. Are you calling yourself a shticksbert? I'm saying that I am... Always a I, not unlike a toddler. I'm always just a little bit sticky. <laughs> How is there? N- there must be a comedy club called Sticks and Stones. <laughs> I'm sure there is. There has to be. There better be. If there's if not, not, we have to start it. If okay. Stick. <laughs> I promise we're going to talk about stick or treat. That's funny. I just I we miss each other, so this is what happens. We haven't talked in like two weeks. I know. I hate that fucking shit. I know. Speaking of big shticks, oh, Dan. Cameron. I was so wrong about the most 80s thing to ever happen on Star Trek, wasn't I? <laughs> well, I feel like you may have forgotten about um, the. Uh, now, to be a. I was going to call it a send up of American Gladiator, but to be a send up, you would have to uh, think of this as parody and not the. 
deadly serious <laughs> blind jousting with padded um you know what are the uh the the they were like padded the 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 um you know the vulcan things the 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 oh. lampreys <laughs> I forgot about the lampreys. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to bother. Oh, you love you correcting just... me. Tell me what they're really called. No, I'm not Cameron, going it's, to. It's a whole thing. I mispronounce the thing. You say, I say, I say Deanna. You say Diana. No, wait. I got that backwards. Fuck. Let's call the whole thing off. On Stardate 42686.4, while the Enterprise is en route to Starbase Montgomery to run diagnostics on its engines, Picard receives a message from Starfleet offering Commander Riker a command of his own, the Ares, which is on a potentially dangerous exploration mission to a distant sector. Picard advises Riker that while the Enterprise is a prestigious assignment, it cannot replace the experience of having one's own command, and gives him 12 hours, the duration of their stop at the Starbase, to decide. Riker's decision is complicated by the fact that the civilian advisor Starfleet has sent to brief him on the mission turns out to be his and Greg's father, Kyle Riker. With whom he has an antagonistic relationship. Meanwhile, acting Ensign Wesley Crusher notices that Lieutenant Worf is acting particularly agitated and enlists the help of Geordi and Data to find out why. The trio eventually learn that Worf is coming upon his important anniversary, 10 years since his Age of Ascension, which is normally celebrated with an important ritual among other Klingons. Only Klingons. After Riker's father makes several attempts to reconcile, which Will rebuffs, the tension between the two finally boils over, and they agree to a match of ambo-jitsu, an appropriated 80s futuristic garbage fire form of martial arts. During the match, the two continue to argue, with Will venting his bitterness over the death of his mother. Will interrupts the match, claiming his father used an illegal move, and realizes that his father has only been able to beat him because of cheating, which his father admits. The two are finally able to talk and reconcile, and Will admits his father is glad he came for some reason. He admits he's a cheater, and everything's fine. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Wesley Jordy. Data, Miles, and Catherine herself recreate the ritual, which involves a gauntlet of Klingon warriors brandishing S&M pain sticks on the holodeck as a surprise for Worf. While reconciling vows of honor, Worf undergoes jolts from the sticks as each step with each step forward. Enduring extreme pain, he finally reaches the end, gets a ginormous boner, and gratefully thanks his family aboard the ship for honoring him in this way. And so ends the Icarus Factor. Cameron. Yes, Dan. I know a few things about you. Yes, Dan. I know that your taste is as sticky as uh, a Sunday left on the roof of a car. Uh huh. I know and? that you don't take notes very well. And I don't want to give you a note. I don't want to do it. But I, I have to say, for the first time ever, I feel like. Your summary was incomplete because you forgot the single most important thing that happened in this episode. Yeah. Pulaski and Riker's dad used to 
bone. <laughs> See, no, I left that out on purpose because I knew how much joy it would bring you. I know you did because you love me. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like dad coming to visit and realizing he used to fuck one of your coworkers. <laughs> And not just one of your coworkers, but the drunk one. <laughs> the drunk senior medical officer. Her dad, really? After the traumatic death of his mother, I'm assuming um, any woman would not have been a great choice in little Willie Riker's eyes. But <laughs> Kate Pulaski? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of liked them as a pairing, if we're being honest. Oh, I... I it's my favorite thing in the episode, Cameron. That's why I'm leading with it. It's the best. There's many things in this episode that are not good. But that is spectacular. <laughs> I'm so glad. So since you're kicking off the love it section already, I would love to hear how much... Why much, and what else you loved about this? And when much. When being the entirety <laughs> of it. Um, I enjoyed, I appreciated uh, showing that Riker's good at his job, and that's filtered into Starfleet, and they're like, hey, you know, like seeing career advancement opportunities present themselves on screen instead of in between seasons. We just got to write around it and just say, oh, Wes, I guess your mom's more interested in being somewhere else now. I know why they had to do it, but I'm still bitter. But I'm happy because it gave me Pulaski. Um, mm -hmm. I enjoyed getting a bit more Klingon culture. I thought it was interesting and very BDSM. Um, I also enjoyed when Worf came to Riker and said, if you take this assignment, I want to go with you. And he made it seem like it was all about the combat and the glory. But you know it was just because him and Riker have a thing, and he wants it to continue. Like, one hundo percento. After he got back from the Klingon ship, he was like, now you can do this. <laughs> now I'm ready. <laughs> yes, now that you understand more of my people and are... Proclivities. Proclivities. <laughs> he walks into the holodeck. Computer, run program, pain room. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Klingon with very singular tastes. <laughs> uh, Fifty shades of head ridges. Anyways. Um... <laughs> Fifty shades of tortoise shells. <laughs> Fifty shades of tortoise shells. That's what the cast called it. <laughs> Gross. Um, I also appreciated how his friends just kind of went along with it. They were just like, okay, I, I'm going to not have a conversation with him at all and just assume that this is what would make him happy, which, well, we're not at the hate it part yet. But um, Nope. <laughs> nope, we sure aren't. Because uh, I've got feelings. <laughs> I think that all of them banding together to try and do something for him was was adorable. To me, the equivalent in my life would be like my New York friends being like, let's make Dan Lefsa or some some absurd Montana be like, let's make fry bread. I don't know. Like, I don't have any specific rituals or customs. I mean, maybe if they were like, let's do a let's do a 
let's rustle up some cattle and brand them. I don't know what, like, which is not something <laughs> I'm into, but I'm just trying to think of what would be a cultural equivalent. Um, but it's a nice thought, even if it would be horribly, horribly Let's all take a moment and wish we weren't here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cameron, this is New York City. Most people do that every day. I know, but you could pretend you're in a small town and then wish you weren't there. Yeah. Yeah. And by a small town, I mean the largest town in Montana. Which, you know, is like being the um, prettiest pig. I don't know. <laughs> hey, pretty pigs are adorable. But, yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed the Larry, Curly, and Moe-esque uh, analog of data and jordy and wesley uh i yeah i also enjoyed the group that they gathered in the holodeck yeah. the final group was, it's like this is who I showed guess, up <laughs> <laughs> i guess chief miles o'brien and Worf are especially close even though we've never seen them interact on stage i like and... to think that o'brien just had like <laughs> nothing going on and wesley was like shit i do not have enough people coming to this thing Worf's gonna be like i guess i don't have any friends here I will continue to be surly and depressed. <laughs> and then, of course, Dr. Kate herself. <laughs> of course. She was like, it's a party, so there'll be drinks. Wonderful. <laughs> I am there. I love that I'm, Klingon I'm, bastard. I'm, I'm, fucking, I'm fucking in. I'm the opposite Those Klingon of Klingon bastards in? killed my son. Oh, wait. <laughs> Those, Those Klingon, Klingon bastards, bastards killed Buzz. Huh? They killed my Buzz. <laughs> There it is. That's what I was looking for. Uh, well, it it took a while, but we found it. Those Klingon bastards! They killed my, they killed my buzz. That is our Pulaski T-shirt Huzzah. right there. Um, speaking of throwbacks, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about. Am I supposed to recognize this actor? Is that what you're gonna tell me? I mean, me? you're supposed to recognize all of them, but uh, I. <laughs> I love the same things you did. I loved the idea of them trying to do something, even though it was creepy how they did it, you know, instead of just asking him about it. Right. Uh, I loved Kate and Daddy Riker. And I also, I liked the, yeah, I liked the idea of Riker having to choose and actually it being a very serious choice, you know, prestige or opportunity. I feel like I have to make that choice all the time with this podcast. <laughs> um, you. <laughs> Are we friends? We're the best of friends, pal. Yeah. I feel oh, like. Why else, why else would I do this? Well, I just feel like some people in the audience might listen to this and think we don't fight nearly as much as we used to you're goddamn right because i miss you more each day <laughs> well it also the the next generation isn't nearly as ridiculous as the original series and they don't have to we don't have to pick hills to die on <clears throat> i mean it is ridiculous this episode is perfectly ridiculous but i don't have to pick hills to die on like trying to defend this goddamned fucking Martial arts shit. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get upset 
you can get upset. I'm more upset about the fact that it's just fucking stupid. <laughs> it is stupid. The whole thing is stupid, which is, you know, the weak spot in this in the show. I actually really like the rest of it. Um, but speaking of I'm, I told you what I liked, but <laughs> we did a little throwback earlier. And my favorite bit of trivia is that uh, all of the Klingons on the holodeck were wearing Planet of the Apes boots because all of the Klingon boots were in use filming your favorite movie at the exact same time. My favorite Star Trek movie, Five. Uh-huh. Five. Yes. Five was my favorite. Why am I so weird? <laughs> <laughs> those, You're not, but those Klingon bastards. It's just it's my favorite that uh, you know, Shatner was using them to go <laughs> over. <laughs> and <laughs> they had to borrow from Planet of the Apes to to film this. <laughs> They didn't make enough boots. <laughs> also, Mitchell Ryan, they, uh, he play, you know, they, they go to the Montgomery station and he ends up playing Daddy Montgomery in Dharma and Greg. So, you know, it's a nice little tie-in. Uh, interessante. That's actually what I knew him from was Dharma, was Greg's dad on Dharma and Greg. Oh, okay. Is he still alive? Also, I think so. I don't actually know. I didn't click. Oh, no. I guess we'll never know. Let's find out. Mitchell Ryan playing Kyle Riker is... Da-da-da-da! Alive! Born in 1928. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, Last thing Mm -hmm. is that... It's there's a little bit of continuation between last episode and this when Riker is making his um, famous omelets, which are actually scrambled eggs. <clears throat> Pulaski says, "Your father likes to cook like he knew him, like she knew him," and it's just a little continuation in the Star Trek universe for you, Dan. Wow, that is the most generous use of continuity I've ever heard. <laughs> a passing comment <laughs> hey, on subtle. cooking. Remember when he cooked before? Okay, I'll, I'll give it to you, but I think, Cameron, if you were reaching any further, you'd fall over. <laughs> Would I? I don't know. Depends on what I'm reaching for, I know. Dan. You can reach pretty far around. I can. I can indeed. <laughs> somewhere, someone is writing. Somewhere, someone is writing a review of this show, saying, "Are these two gonna fuck or what?" <laughs> <laughs> Just fuck already. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Why don't you just fuck already? Speaking of um, fucking already, that uh, tearful goodbye between Deanna and Riker. How how is yeah. it? All he did was stroke her hair, and then in the next episode, he's like grabbing a drink with some chick, like like it's nothing. I know. Maybe they have an open relationship, or they're or they're. I think they're on a break. I think nothing's happening with them right now. I mean, you're correct. He's playing the field like a fucking putz. Best thing in his life, standing right in front of him. What does he do? What does he do? Just fucks around. I'm irrationally angry because I'm not projecting about my own life choices. <laughs> he's uh, he's the man pretty pansexual. Yeah. With daddy issues. Oh, my God, Cameron, am I Riker? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs>
but it wasn't all fabulously pansexual leading men, was it, Cameron? <laughs> no, no, it was not, Daniel. Instead, it was the stupidest fucking sport ever. <laughs> and not just the stupidest fucking sport, but the most... Asinine. Why are they just yelling random Japanese for no reason? And uh, wearing blinders. What is that? Who was like, hey, well, and I mean, you know how that, we do really cool futuristic martial arts? <laughs> we we make them put put down visors. Like remember what Luke Skywalker did with the with the training drone? Yeah, like that. But they're hitting each <laughs> other. Boom. Blew your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you can only do it on a holodeck. You can't do it in the carpeted hallway. <laughs> God damn it. No, can you imagine the rug burns? <laughs> ah! Oh, man. Falling. That is something I did not think about. Falling in the hallway of the Enterprise. You're just going to get a rug burn that just does not quit. That shit will rub down to the bone. You might as well have slipped on a cheese grater. That is the rug burn from hell. That's what, when, when people board their ship, instead of like taking them hostage or torturing them, they just lasso them around the ankle and just drag them along the hallways until they talk. That would be. That's why they don't show anything except the bridge when the ship is under attack because it would just be hundreds of people falling in the hallway and going, Ah, ah. fuck my elbow. Mm. Ah, who did this? Who designed this? You're a monster. They also gave us shoes with non-slip soles. Why? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me honestly, have you They're ever thought about red buttons in the Enterprise until now? <laughs> no, I have not, but it's a valid concern. <laughs> Especially because it's mauve. They made it flesh colored for a reason, Dan. <laughs> There's just random blood splatters all like smears all along the hallways. Yep. All aliens, all races, it just it mauve absorbs it all. We have a direct hit. <laughs> And then suddenly, uh, you know, a thousand voices across the ship go, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and Deanna goes, ah, pain. <laughs> Such irritating pain. It'll be fine, but damn, it stings. <laughs> this episode's not great, guys, oh, but we're having shit. a really fun time hanging out. Uh, uh. <laughs> you know what else is dumb? <laughs> What else is How dumb, How quickly Dan? Riker and his dad just, like, got okay. It's like, hey, you cheated my entire life at this one game that we had in common, and now we're fine. You just explained that your your feelings about my mother are more valid than mine because you two used to bone. <laughs> she was my wife, well, Will. I mean, okay. And? I ju uh, just the whole episode was a study in toxic masculinity. <laughs> It was like I ugh this your your guys' relationship makes me want to vomit. Mm -hmm. And then how you're handling your relationship makes me want to vomit. And then the whole digression about how boys will be boys by Deanna and Velasquez. I was like, Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. This is age like vinegar. Uh, <laughs> what else what else really, really chapped your ass about this episode? I also just, I mean, I loved Dr. Pulaski and 
Daddy Riker's episode. I mean, I loved their, that they had been together. But there, I just, I wish there would have been more, more of everything. Not just simple kiss greeting. I wish they would have like immediately gone and sucked face. I wish that, uh, you know. They got to fucking. (laughs) Yeah. I wish they would have like, you know, at least held hands or something. Instead, they were playing it totally platonic. Instead of, hey, long lost love of my life who I haven't seen in 30 years. What would you do if you had a long lost love of 30 years? Would you just casually hang out? No, but I would like totally regress 30 years and be like, hold on, how old am I? So I'd be a fetus. Um, and just be like, hey, you want to go hang out in an embryonic sack like we used to? Huh? Huh? Gross. Yeah. Also, in this scenario, I guess that's my twin. I don't really understand what I'm I was going gonna say. for. Yeah. If I saw a long lost love and something terrible's happened in my life and I'm suddenly single, um, yeah, I would I would do whatever it takes to just uh close the deal so I could forget my problems for a nanosecond and uh just feel literally anything. I understand. Because <laughs> boy, if Courtney's not in the picture, I mean, I'm why do in you think trouble. Pulaski... <laughs> why do you think Pulaski's drinking so much? <gasps> it's for Kyle. Oh god. Although she's been married, what, three times? Good for her. Yeah. didn't quite find it and just gets rid of it we're still very good friends (laughs) and it's still friends meaning they still meet up and bone sometimes she's just like I I make my money I have my space you go somewhere else (laughs) I saw on the internet someone was like someone on Twitter said hey could I get a Persephone Hades relationship where you know for six months out of the year I live with my very rich husband and then for six months he's not allowed to speak to me while I work on my other projects not bad I was like cool wouldn't work for wouldn't work for me and my wife but uh, I think it would work just fine I miss her but it wouldn't work for you (laughs) no it wouldn't work for me (laughs) let's let's be honest I think Amanda would be like see you in six months champ (laughs) she'd miss the shit out of you but I think she could make it work Should be like going to Africa, gonna go shoot some wildlife and scenery. (laughs) Bye, Felicia. (laughs) (laughs) No, she doesn't sleep very well without me, and I don't sleep very well Well, without her. This is why you guys need to go sharing the same CPAP machine. God. How dare you think that I need a CPAP machine? You can fuck right off, Daniel Crary. <laughs> Come on, that was good and you know it. It was a great joke. I'm just jealous I didn't think of it first. This episode brought to you by absolutely not Star Trek. This episode brought to you by Star Trek. Yeesh. <laughs> oh, hey, you know what else was terrible? What was terrible, Dan? Wesley as a friend. (laughs) Wesley's just a dumb friend. Like, dude's going through something. I understand trying to help people when they can't help themselves, but like, unless they vocalize what they need, don't. Just don't. Yeah. I I never want to do that for people. Unless you tell me what you need, I'm not going to guess and I'm not going to try to intuit what you're after. 
I that I don't have time for well, that. Well, it was the eighties, Dan. That was a part of a good relationship was being able to intuit what other people need. Your inability to talk about your needs is not my problem. It's not. Cameron. Uh, <clears throat> I need you to be closer, is what I need. I know. Cameron, we're not going to get two episodes done tonight. <laughs> I don't think I don't we think are. We're going to get one salvageable one. We're going to keep going for this one. Uh, I'm looking at it. I was like, it's almost 10. How are we not finished with this? I know I was late. Um, You're fine. <laughs> I miss you. And you're pretty. Buddy, we, we got to quote I this know. fucker. Or this is never going to be an episode. You're right. <laughs> you choose your enemies. You choose your friends. But family, that's in the stars. Did you add a slight lilt to that for O'Brien? <laughs> I think I end. might have. It ended up becoming Scotty for some reason. You choose your enemies, you choose your friends, oh. but family, that's in the stars. Scotty. <laughs> I know. I haven't thought about Scotty in forever. Oh, man. <laughs> Scotty and Ahura, my favorite unlikely pairing. I know, so good. Mm. <laughs> With all due respect, be gone, sir. <laughs> Oh, seeing O'Brien, Riker and O'Brien are seeing Dr. Pulaski and Riker's father in a deep embrace. They know each other. No kidding. I know her too, but we don't do that. Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> ah, mm. The real question is, do you want to, Miles? You know what? I think he does. He's like... <sighs> Just a little yeah. jealous. I wish I could hug Kate like that. All right. <clears throat> ah. Mm. I can spell it out for you, albeit crudely. What you're choosing between. As the first officer of the Enterprise, you have a position of distinction, prestige, even glamour of a sort. You are the second in command of Starfleet's flagship. But still, second in command. Your promotion will transfer you to a relatively insignificant ship in an obscure corner of the galaxy, but it will be your ship. And being who you are, it will soon be vibrant with your authority, your style, your vision. You know, there really is no substitute for holding the reins. Harses. Respect is earned. That was beautifully done. Not bestowed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to do the next fucking one by Fine. yourself, too. <laughs> okay, this is Deanna and Pulaski. <clears throat> Everyone knows Fine. Dan. <laughs> oh, this is the one I hate. In spite of human evolution, there are still some traits that are endemic to gender. You Boo. think... That they're going to knock each other's brains out because they're men? Boo. Human males are unique. Fathers continue to regard their sons 
as children, even into adulthood, and sons continue to chafe under again, continue to chafe on yeah, continue to chafe, continue to chafe against what they perceive. It's the accent; it makes it hard. And sons continue to chafe against what they perceive as their father's expectations of them. It's almost as if they never really grow up at all, isn't it? Perhaps that's part of their charm. That's why we find them so attractive. Yes, everyone likes a man baby. Christ. You know what I like in a guy? Unresolved (laughs) daddy issues. (laughs) It's hot. Super fun. Which obviously Daddy Riker has Mm -hmm. too. (laughs) For old Grandpa Riker. It's literally... It's literally... (laughs) A boomer and oh, their father. Oh, God, that's 100% what this shit is. <laughs> Woof. Feelings. Feelings are going to defeat us. Wow. Let's fight instead. Fine, let's fight. <laughs> I was just talking to Worf. But I'm going to cheat so I can still win. <laughs> yeah. He's really eccentric at times. That's one word for it. Can you do Chief O'Brien in like a really <laughs> offensive Irish accent? Those are Klingon pain sticks. I once saw one of them used against a two-ton reptile monopod. Poor creature jumped five meters at the slightest touch. Finally died from the excessive cephalic pressures. <laughs> you asked. You mean? You said offensive. <laughs> That's right. The animal's head exploded. I think like- that's enough, <laughs> Chief O'Brien. If that is your real name. Whatever you want, Mommy. Mm. <laughs> Gross. What is happening? These images have been specifically programmed for ascension rites. Cute bunch. It was a good LaForge quip oh, episode, yeah. even though he had like three, but mm-hmm. still. Oh, LaForge. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Poor guy picked up the flu virus at our last stop in Nasraldine. Nasraldine. <laughs> Sounds nasty. What's the therapy? Try tofane lysine distillate with a generous dose of PCS. PCS? Pulaski's chicken soup. Or alternatively, Pulaski's champagne schnapps. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's gross, <laughs> but it works. Can we please have champagne schnapps? Oh, that sounds amazing. Terrible. Like a peach schnapps, Dan. Mm. You say you a... want a Bellini. You want a Bellini. Or it could be blackberry. Uh. Whatever. I'm not thinking peppermint schnapps. That would be a nightmare. Peppermint schnapps sounds like a, <laughs> I don't know, just a terrible character in something. It doesn't matter. Peppermint snaps. I came here to bury the hatchet with my son, only to find out that the ground was frozen fucking solid. Peppermint schnapps. Did he ever tell you why he never remarried? What woman would have him with an ego like that? I would have in a cold minute. <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> Will, your father is hung like a rhinoceros. <laughs> It's intimidating to most women. Most of them can't handle it. Also, he's not a gentleman. Not cruel, but not gentle. Uh, that's Riker driving in the carpeted hallway. Uh, this is going to be a nightmare. I'm sorry. It's going to be so good. It's gonna. It could be a bonus episode. I came here thinking we could talk this out, but maybe you're right. Maybe I'm no father, and you are no son, and this fight is all we have left. Exposition shakes fist at sky. (laughs) What a disaster. A fun disaster, but a disaster. Yeah, like, you know... Uh, a birthday party gone amok or climate change. <laughs> How is that fun? Oh, I like that I can walk outside in November and all I need is a light sweater. <laughs> Fair enough. This is more than a surprise. It's total shock. You mean you didn't bake me a cake? <laughs> How about a drink? How about a kiss? Wow. Not on my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> on my pucker. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Pulaski, you are currently operating. Can this wait? No. <laughs> you know, if I were you, going out on the Aries, I'd jettison the emotional baggage you're still carrying around. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny. I can talk to a whole room full of admirals about anything in the galaxy, but I can't talk to you about how I feel. Hashtag okay, boomer. (laughs) For real, though. I did appreciate it. I don't see it anywhere on on here, but when uh, he said to him, lower your shield, son. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was my favorite quote of the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Well, how many, how many Ambo Jitsu Q-tip lances would you give this episode? I think I'd give it... That's what I was gonna give it. I mean, it, it had some some fun, but it's not it's not good. No, it's just, it was. It's, but it's not wasn't terrible. good by any means. It was. It was kind of a nightmare, but it was a fun nightmare. Yeah, like the one where you're uh, being violently attacked by your bully, but at the very end, you get to kill him, and you wake up a murderer. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, it's my favorite dream. You know what you did. Oh, oh shit. You gonna bleep that out? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. My childhood bullies are all dead. <laughs> really? No. Oh. Not yet. <laughs> uh it's okay. None of them are smart enough to actually matter.
And you showed them. I sure did. Did you all grown up and wearing your own plaid shirts? Yes. Don't I look like a sexy lumberjack today? You look like a lumberjack. How dare you? You look sexy every day. Oh. See what I did there? Made it seem like an insult that I saved it. You did. It's called negging. It's very effective. Do you do that to your wife all the time? Constantly. She won't speak to me. (laughs) Unless you insult her mother. There you go. Well, Cameron, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it, and that just leaves one last thing for us to do. That's true. That's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week, but to make it so. Keep on trekking. And my favorite bit of trivia is that... uh, all of the Klingons on the holodeck were wearing Planet of the Apes boots because all of the Klingon boots were in use filming your favorite movie at the exact same time. Really? But I didn't uh-huh. realize that they used those boots while they were filming. Of course they did. You, oh, I, I mean, you didn't. I mean, now it's kind of ruined because you, you stepped on my joke. I was going to say I didn't realize that they, that they used those boots while they were filming Life is Beautiful. <laughs> Weird that they would use Klingon boots while filming The Godfather Part Two. I didn't see any Klingon boots in The Shining. It's because you weren't paying any attention. They're in all of those movies, Dan. Oh my Your favorite God. Star Trek movie. The Klingon boots show up in Tell No One, the French thriller from 2008. They do. They're everywhere. This is for sure going to be a double blooper reel episode. Also, (laughs) it's going to be a fucking bitch to edit. I'm sorry. But you know what? It's all right. A Secret Weapon Production.